It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with your host, Brent McGuire. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your first order for some of the best protein bars on the market right now. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss the Kurt Suzuki signing for the Angels, some updates on the arbitration process for several Angels players, and in the second part of the episode, we're going to talk about the Joe Musgrove trade to the San Diego Padres and the shrinking starting pitching market for the Angels. So happy Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed your weekend and are doing well. Uh, There is quite a bit to talk about in today's episode. This is kind of going to be a broad look at what happened for the Angels later on uh, this past week and some of the news that broke from San Diego on Monday regarding the Joe Musgrove trade. So I want to start off the episode by talking about some of the things that we missed uh, last Friday. So I put out an episode on Friday, and of course the Angels went out and signed a catcher for the 2021 season, and we had a bunch of updates on the arbitration process. So let me first start with the Kurt Suzuki signing because that's the most meaningful move as of right now. Uh, Suzuki is what he is at this point. He's been around for a long time. He's a veteran catcher, which the Angels kind of needed. I don't really doubt that the Angels needed another option behind the plate. I will say Suzuki wasn't really at the top of my list, but I also think it's a fine signing if the club feels okay with Max Stassi, because if Stassi's okay, that's the guy that should be getting the bulk of the at-bats. And Suzuki's been pretty useful for quite a while. Now, I'm not sure how much I want to buy into the last four years of a guy who's been around for a really long time and a guy that's 37 years old. But if you look at over the last four seasons, Kurt Suzuki has been one of the best offensive catchers in the sport. If you look at weighted runs created plus, which again, looks at what the league average hitter does during that time, he is a 111 weighted runs created plus. That means he's 11% better than the league average hitter. And a reminder the league average number for a catcher is not that high. It's significantly lower. We're talking about something in the low 90s. So he's been a very good offensive hitter. And there's reason to believe that he's kind of deserved it. He fits the recent trend of some of these Angels teams that have had really low strikeout rates. He has been pretty much elite in that category. Last season, he had a whiff rate in the 90th percentile. That's very, very good for a catcher. You look at his power. Since 2017, he's hit 50 home runs. He's hit for a high batting average in that frame, 272. Those are both top five or 10 marks in the sport of baseball. Now, I will say the defensive skills aren't good. They've never really been good, at least on the surface. So if you look at ability to throw out runners, pitch framing, kind of the quantifiable measures, he hasn't rated well. But as many have pointed out, evaluating the catching position from a defensive standpoint that can be a little tricky. So there is something to be said about a guy who can handle the staff well, 
Suzuki was obviously part of the 2019 Washington Nationals championship team, so there is something to be said about that winning pedigree and all that kind of stuff. So this was a one-year, $1.5 million signing. This is not adding that much to the payroll. It's not a big risk. It fills a position of need. Quite frankly, I'm fine with it. There just weren't that many avenues where the Angels could go out and acquire a really good catcher unless you splurge for JT Realmuto, who I've talked about before on the show. I just never saw the fit there. Or if you went and traded for Wilson Contreras, but again, that was going to cost you a lot in prospect capital. And that's a questionable move considering that they need starting pitching. So, I mean, I get it. If there's a bigger thing that's at play here, if the Angels are going to utilize some of these resources to go get pitching, I totally get it. I will say, it's kind of interesting that Perry Manassian has done a lot of the same things that Billy Epler did in terms of free agent contracts and trades and all that kind of stuff. Every single major league player who's been brought in this offseason by Perry Manassian has been on a one-year deal. Whether that was Rysel Iglesias or Jose Iglesias in trades or Kurt Suzuki and Alex Claudio, all of the guys they've acquired are free agents after season's end. So that is interesting to see. I don't know if that's more of a general principle that Perry Manassian is operating under or if there's more related to some kind of hard budget that Angels owner Artie Moreno has given the club. I don't know for sure, but I would assume we'll have a better idea of what that uh, entails once the Angels go out and make their pitching acquisitions. I think this will be a lot more clear uh, coming up. But yeah, I mean, Suzuki is a fine signing for the Angels. It's not something that you're going to celebrate all that much. If you look at the fan graphs, depth charts, and like the projections for next year, Suzuki signing basically moved the Angels from an average unit to slightly above average. So it's not some earth-shattering move, but it does help the team. It gives them depth. And quite frankly, I'm fine with the move. But the next bit of news that we got on Friday was the arbitration hearings for the Angels. So there were six guys who were eligible for arbitration contracts. Five of them, not a big deal. They signed the contracts basically in line with what they were expected to get. So Dylan Bundy got a little over $8 million. Andrew Heaney got $6.75 million. Mike Myers at $1.2 million. Felix Pena, $1.1 million. And Max Stassi at $1.6 million. Again, not that surprising. The higher price tags for Dylan Bundy and Andrew Heaney make sense. Those are guys that are both in their last years of arbitration before hitting free agency. They get more expensive as they get closer. It makes sense. It all checks out. The one guy that was notably absent from this list was Shohei Watani. And it was over a fairly small amount in the baseball perspective. So they were $800,000 apart on a deal. Otani asked for $3.3 million. The Angels offered $2.5 million. And Otani is one of the 13 arbitration-eligible players in all of baseball who didn't reach deals with their respective clubs. So this is an interesting conversation to have. There was plenty of banter going around about this on Twitter on Friday after the news broke. And the one argument that I saw pop up a lot was fans talked about honoring Shohei Otani's commitment to choosing the Angels when he came over from Japan, that they're saying that Otani sacrificed millions of dollars to come to America before the age of 25. Reminder that if he would have waited, he would have been 
eligible to sign a just regular contract, like a regular free agent contract. So there were a lot of fans who saying that they should have just given him what he wanted in this deal. It's not that big of a difference. And, you know, I kind of understand and agree with that sentiment. And in the long run, I think it just makes sense to pay the player what he's asking for in this circumstances. It's not that much more money. But on the other hand, I mean, I don't think this is going to be detrimental to the long-term relationship between both sides. Like I mentioned before, there are 13 players who are in this same boat, including some of the best players in baseball. You're talking about Carlos Correa, Walker Bueller, Jack Flaherty, Ian Happ, Dansby Swanson were also in that list. It's not uncommon for this to happen, so I don't think it really matters that much. I think arbitration is a kind of normal part of the sport, and I don't think it's really going to matter all that much in the end, especially if Otani ends up signing with the Angels long-term in the next couple of seasons. And there was one other piece of news that was noteworthy for Angels fans. On Friday, we also had the international signing period begin. Again, because of COVID, these things have been all wacky, and instead of being in July, this started in January. The Angels signed seven players as of right now. The most notable guy is Denzer Guzman, who Baseball America ranks as their number 13 international prospect. And I want to read a little excerpt from their article around him. So he signed for $2 million with the Angels, and they said, quote, a physical offensive-oriented shortstop with a bonus expected to be around $2 million. Guzman makes a lot of contact against live pitching with a loose, easy swing with the bat speed and physical projection to grow into considerable power as well. His strong arm should play on the left side of the infield, though his defense might be a better fit at third base, end quote. And MLB Pipeline also said that he was one of the best hitters in this entire class. So he ranked number 29 on their list. So this is a pretty good signing for the Angels. Again, with international signings, these guys are so young. We're talking about teenagers that are way away from making it to the major leagues. But obviously, this is noteworthy for the Angels, their fans, and trying to add to a farm system that definitely needs some more help. Coming up here in a bit, we are going to talk about the Joe Musgrove trade and the Corey Kluber signing and what it means for a shrinking starting pitching market for the Angels. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the current NFL playoffs or the new NBA or NHL season, look no further than Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let me tell you about one of the best tasting protein bars on the market right now. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars I have personally ever had. I recently got a batch of them, a little mix bag with a variety of different flavors, whether it was caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, peanut butter, mint brownie. There are so many different types that I personally really like. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you will get 20% off your first order. Built Bars are not only delicious, they're healthy and they're great for both the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they work for any kind of diet 
including the keto diet. So again, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your first order. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So I want to spend the rest of this episode talking about the recent starting pitching transactions and really what it means for the Angels the rest of this offseason and quite frankly for uh, what it means for the 2021 season. So later on last week, we saw that the New York Yankees signed Corey Kluber to a one-year deal. We saw Joe Musgrove as a major piece in a three-team trade that was uh, he was sent to the San Diego Padres on Monday. It Quick little side note before I get on to the Angels, uh, the Padres are going to be very good. The rotation as of right now is projecting to be Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Denelson Lamette, Joe Musgrove, and Chris Paddock. You know, add in Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, and the rest of the players that they have, and they are going to be an absolute joy to watch. But if you were on Twitter on Monday and were conversing amongst Angels fans, you would have seen the kind of doom and gloom rhetoric, which at this point, I kind of understand it. Look, I'm not going to say that Joe Musgrove or Corey Kluber by themselves were the answer that the Angels were looking for, or even going out and making a move for a guy like Carlos Carrasco. But at the end of the day, we are seeing a dwindling market for options for the Angels and Something that I'm trying to wrap my head around is who are the Angels going to get and how are they going to get them? The most obviously attainable guys would have been cheaper arbitration eligible guys in trades because the Angels have some of the prospects to make it work. The financial cost was going to be lower than if you went out and signed a big free agent starter. But now you've got guys like Joe Musgrove off the table. Blake Snell, not arbitration eligible, but was a cheaper starting pitcher off the table. Luis Castillo of the Reds has a apparently a, a crazy asking price, which makes sense. The same is probably true for Herman Marquez of the Colorado Rockies, a guy that I really want. So you're trying to wrap your head around what options do the Angels have at this point? Now, I this is probably a controversial take amongst Angels fans, considering this has been the one guy that's been talked about the most, but I don't see Trevor Bauer coming to the Angels. Look, even if you think his ask for $35 million a year is crazy, he's probably going to get something around $30 million per year. And the Angels, quite frankly, do not have the budget to make that work. And that's not just my opinion. That's actually based on the facts of how the Angels have spent really since uh, Artie Moreno became owner. So these numbers can get a little tricky and they're a little off on various different websites, but I have found that the Angels payroll sits at $165 million right now. The highest that they've ever been is $166.7 million. That was two years ago in 2018. And for the luxury tax, they are at $179 million. The highest they've ever been is $188.5 million. So you can argue that inflation is not included here. You can also include the fact that maybe Artie Moreno actually wants to invest a little bit more than usual. 
but there isn't really anything to suggest that the Angels are going to spend that much more money. Now, I remained cautiously optimistic about what the Angels could do because there were so many different types of guys they could trade for in uh, a trade market that had several cheaper uh, arbitration-eligible guys. But now we're starting to see even those guys go off the market, and I don't know where the Angels are going to pivot to at this point. I know the expectation for Angels fans, uh, the baseball world as a whole, myself included, that the Angels were going to be very active in a market that had so many different options out there. I mean, it's not even just like a couple of guys that you could have signed in for agency. We are talking about numerous types of guys who could have been acquired in trades. And the fact that the Angels haven't invested so far is, to me, it's baffling. I don't want to overreact because things could change very quickly. The Angels could go out and trade for Sonny Gray. They could go out and sign a guy like Jake Odorizzi or James Paxton, and maybe you're feeling a little bit better after that. But to me, it's really surprising that we've seen so many quality arms move and the Angels have not been one of the teams to acquire them. Now, maybe in hindsight, this was predictable. You look at what the Angels have done for the past decade now. This has been their MO. They go out and they sign big contracts to guys, whether it's Anthony Rendon or Josh Hamilton, Albert Pujols, C.J. Wilson, or even the Mike Trout extension, but then just fail to really build around the rest of the roster to really complete the you know the spots on the fringes of the roster, the back end of the rotation, your bullpen. Maybe they ignore or neglect a specific position. This is kind of what the Angels have done, and if we're taking history as a learning lesson based on the way that they've constructed their roster, the amount of money that they've spent, maybe this is just who they are at this point. Now, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. I want to stay optimistic about the Angels, but maybe my expectations for this offseason were unwarranted. I really thought that after such a down 2020 year, especially considering that it was a condensed season where half of the league made the playoffs, the Angels were not one of them. I really was thinking that something would change, but right now, I'm not sure that's going to happen. They just haven't invested that much money, that many big deals into other players, and I'm not sure exactly what's next. I've really hammered home the idea that Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, those guys are going to be entering in their decline phase here pretty soon, and that is obviously of concern. You want to make the most of these guys, and you know, on a larger scale, you just want to make it back to the playoffs. That's something that the Angels should want. That's something that the fans deserve at this point, but I'm just becoming increasingly pessimistic about this happening. Now, I'm usually a little more even keel about this kind of stuff. I try to trust the process, see what happens, especially in an offseason that isn't over yet. The Angels are definitely going to make another move or two, but I'm less convinced that it's going to be a bigger move that I've kind of been uh, looking for this offseason. Now, I don't want to put this on Perry Manassian. It's become pretty painfully obvious that these are ownership-driven uh, decisions, and at this point, if Artie Moreno wants more results on the field, he's going to have to have a different uh, approach to everything. He's going to have to spend more money. He definitely has the funds to make it happen. They are well short of the luxury tax, and he definitely can make that happen. As an organizational 
overhaul. I mean, they really need to start investing more into long-term resources and trying to build that kind of sustainable winner. But right now, you've got several players that are available. You've got the starting pitching that you can go out and get and try to make it back to the playoffs. And if Artie Moreno is setting a hard budget for the club, then you're just asking for the recent past to, you know, repeat itself and have another sub 500, hover around 500 kind of season. And if that's the case, that's disappointing for Angels fans and Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, these guys that have signed these big deals to stay in Anaheim to try to win. And if they're just going to say, you know what, we're okay with being mediocre. Well, that's just, it sucks for Angels fans and the uh, community that really support this team. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Angels. As a reminder, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at bmags94. So I apologize for just being so pessimistic about this situation right now. It's just very uh, discouraging to see that the Angels are still kind of just waiting out this market and seeing several players, you know, drop off the list. I'm hoping that something changes, but I'm just starting to think that based on where the Angels financials are at and the trend of recent teams that, you know, maybe this is just the team that they're going for and they're going to hope that they have enough to squeak into the playoffs. I I don't really know. But moving on in terms of what's next this week, I'm going to try to start kind of looking at other free agent options that the Angels could go out and get, trade options, that kind of stuff, and so forth. So you can expect that on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Angels. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for today. Thanks for joining. Stay safe out there. And we will talk some Angels baseball on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.